Hello everyone, this is Amol and I hope all of you are doing well. As was discussed in the first episode of Sunday Boosters, today's episode is about the indemnity clause. It's one of the most common clauses in a commercial contract and has a potential of being the most referred clause in case of a dispute. It also is one of those clauses which is overlooked and considered as a standard template clause while drafting a commercial contract. It is usually assumed that the language is a standard language and the clause is a mere formality in a contract which is not actually the case. Now let us try and understand what, why, how of the indemnity clause in an agreement. The provisions of section 124 of the Indian Contract Act define the term contract for indemnity. It reads, a contract by which one party promises to save the other from loss caused to him by the conduct of the promiser himself or by the conduct of any other person is called a contract of indemnity. Let us now try and understand the definition through the specific words and phrases and see how we can relate the same to the commercial contract that we usually draft, wet or modify. So when I break down this definition, we'll find four essential components. First is a promise that one party makes to another. The party that makes promise to make good a loss is called as an indemnifier. The party whose loss is getting compensated is called as indemnified. Second important position, what is that promise all about? The promise is to save the other party from loss caused. The third essential element of the definition is how that loss is caused. That loss may have been caused by the conduct of the promiser himself or The fourth important element is that it may also be a loss caused by the conduct of a third party. So typically, any contract where one party is promising to make good a loss in future, where that loss has been caused either by the party itself or by a third party's conduct is called a contract of indemnity. Now let us see what is the most common example of such a contract. Typically, a contract of insurance, not the life insurance, but a general insurance side of it is a classic example of contract of indemnity. What does an insurance company actually do? It actually promises to make good your losses in case of an eventuality where those losses are not directly attributable to the insurance company. In a car accident case, they promise to make good the repair costs and therefore put you back into the situation where as if the accident had never occurred. So an indemnity clause in a commercial contract also tries to cover for certain losses which may occur on account of breach of any of the representations, warranties, covenants or any other obligations and therefore becomes a very, very crucial clause in a contract 
where parties are negotiating for huge commercial value and it therefore becomes very very important for the legal teams to kind of carefully examine the indemnity clause in a commercial contract typically parties want to make sure that they are secured from any unforeseen loss that they may have to suffer especially when the act is directly or indirectly attributable to the other party of the contract the clause therefore may try and cover for direct losses indirect losses actual losses anticipated losses and all sorts of things like these now let us try and understand how each of these words which i just used may impact the extent of the indemnity clause and what all the indemnifier may have to cover in case of an eventuality let's see the direct losses if the indemnity clause covers the direct losses caused by the party then the indemnifier is only looking at the losses caused by his her acts and nothing that may be incidental for example any breach of representation by indemnifier attracting penalties is a direct loss now what is indirect losses if in the above example that is breach of representation other than the direct penalty the indemnified party gets some third party claims on account of the act of the indemnifier and is required to defend those third party claims and needs to spend money on legal proceedings those are indirect losses that are caused on account of breach of representations third is actual loss typically indemnity indemnity clauses include the word actual losses when the intent is to get a reimbursement of the costs that are incurred if an indemnity clause is worded in a way that it covers actual loss incurred then in such cases the indemnified party will be under an obligation to prove the quantum of loss and then claim reimbursement of the same the other way could be that indemnity clause also wants to cover anticipated losses now what are those anticipated losses uh say for example a party may not want to wait till the actual loss is assessed or recovered or caused and may want to go ahead with their indemnity claim while the same is still being assessed defended or litigated in that case it's an anticipated loss that the indemnity clause is trying to cover now another important term to look at is causes directly or indirectly attributable to the other party now most of the times indemnity clauses are so exhaustive in nature that they try and cover loss of loss on account of direct or indirect acts of the other party now let's try and understand this direct and indirect by uh, an example uh say for example an indemnifier future risk of indemnity claims let's take uh, a case where a breach is caused on account of the act of one of the parties to the contract 
and certain damages are claimed from the indemnified party by certain third parties who are not part of the contract now here there are two types of losses that are caused to the indemnified party one a direct cause which is on account of breach of the contract second because that breach is caused there are some third parties which are suing the indemnified party so for example a contract of road construction is taken over by party a and is subcontracted to party b now party b causes some breach and therefore the construction work does not get completed within the time limit because of which there is loss of revenue directly to party a also party a gets sued by another third party which had originally granted the contract of road construction to party a in which case the party a has to defend the lawsuits incur the expenses of uh, legal fees incur several damages incur bank guarantee charges if they have given it to another third party and all those all those sorts of uh, costs so it covers direct and indirect costs or costs on account of direct and indirect uh, acts of the party to the contract there are lots of other things also to be discussed under the contract of indemnity and i would like to split this episode in two parts so that we can discuss further things about indemnity in the next episode thank you hello everyone in the first episode relating to the indemnity clause we went through the definition of indemnity contract as per indian contracts act we broke it down into four essential parts and tried to understand as to what exactly an indemnity contract tries to cover we also saw an example of insurance contract as to how indemnity actually plays out and when the and when we understood what exactly an indemnity contract is we also saw as to what all an indemnity clause tries to cover in a commercial contract such as direct losses indirect losses actual and anticipated losses any losses which are directly or attrib- indirectly attributable to the acts of the other party and saw a couple of examples relating to it in this episode we'll try and see as to how an indemnity clause in a typical commercial contract is inserted what all it typically tries to cover in a commercial contract and what are those small small things that an in-house lawyer or a contract vetting lawyer needs to keep in mind while vetting the indemnity contract typically an indemnity contract or an indemnity clause tries to cover the breaches which are relating to representations and warranties I mean that's the most standard thing that an indemnity clause tries to cover any reps and warranties that a party is giving a breach of those reps and warranties is typically covered by the indemnity clause now basic difference between reps and warranties is that representations are certain statements that are believed to be true as on the date of execution of the contract 
whereas the warranties are the statements that are with respect to the present or future let's try and understand this by a small example for example a clause saying a representation clause saying that due license allowing a party to enter into a specific business arrangement was obtained before the date of execution of a contract now here a statement has been made that some act has been done in the past which enables a party to enter into a contract it is a representation because it's something about the past similarly the same license that was obtained in the past a party commits to maintain that license during the term of the contract is a warranty here what party is trying to do is to tell or promise the other party that we will maintain this license through the entire term of the contract now typically these kind of promises which one party that is the indemnified party is completely relying on the indemnifier are tried to be covered by the indemnity clauses typically indemnities are given for the breaches of any of the representation warranties as the counterparty is entering into a contract believing the representation to be true and warranties to be complied with in the future any loss that the counterparty may have to suffer on account of breaches of these is covered through indemnity clause but there may be some occasions when the parties may insert or want to insert a language that will attract indemnities even in case of breach of any other covenants or obligations under the contract in my personal opinion in an ideal scenario the indemnities should not be attracted for breach of covenants or obligations under the contract indemnities should ideally be used for such unforeseen losses which may be difficult to cover at a later stage and which are difficult to quantify to be quantified at the date of execution of a contract breach of contractual obligations are in any cases covered through various statutory legal remedies like damages specific performance and so on and so forth and thus in my personal opinion should not be tried to be covered through indemnities mind you this may not be a standard position always sometimes parties may mutually agree that mere specific performance may not be able to cover losses on account of the breach and therefore there may be other losses that indemnity should be able to compensate for sometimes the indemnity clause survives the termination of the contract now why is that because the indemnity is trying to cover for certain future losses there may be in certain circumstances some losses which a party may have to suffer even after the termination of the contract and therefore parties sometimes tend to make it mandatory that the clause like indemnity survives even after termination of the commercial contract 
it's also possible that sometimes there may not be an express provision keeping the indemnity clause alive even after termination of the contract however for a person who is wetting the contract is it is critical to ensure that there are no clauses in the agreement which will survive the termination and that any breach of those clauses is backed by an indemnity as i spoke about confidentiality clauses briefly in the first episode where i said that lot of times the confidentiality obligations typically survive the term of the contract which means that a party is obligated to maintain the confidentiality even after the contract has been terminated and therefore that obligation survives also quite a few contracts try and put or try and cover any breach of that confidentiality through indemnity clauses so if in a contract indemnity contract indemnity clause is not expressly surviving the termination of the contract but it is directly connected with the confidentiality clause which is surviving then in that case a lot of times court may infer that even indemnity clause will survive the termination of the contract and therefore it's important for the person vetting the commercial contract to exactly see as to why where and how the indemnity clause is actually tied in whether it is tied into the representations whether it is tied into the warranties whether it is tied to the covenants whether it is tied to the obligations under the contract whether it survives uh the termination of a contract whether it terminates along with the contract what are the quantums that are tried to be covered through the contract is there any possibility of putting a limitation to the liability so that indemnity doesn't become an unlimited sort of obligation in future because typically what you are trying to cover through indemnity is an unforeseen loss and you don't want a situation where you are under obligation to make good the losses which are beyond uh, uh reasonable limits and therefore they you may want to look at certain clauses which uh put a limitation of liability you may also want to pass on certain obligations of indemnity to an insurance company and take an insurance cover against it so that you, you are adequately covered these are the things that a commercial contract drafting person or a vetting person has to look at and in my opinion it is thus imperative for a drafting and vetting counsel to understand how each of the clauses of a contract is interwoven and interconnected and envisage the possible scenarios in which liability may attract and then advise the team accordingly a legal representative for the indemnity indemnified party may not want to leave any scope and would like to have an indemnity clause so tight that it has the potential of covering all types of losses on the other hand representative of the indemnifier may think it's critical that each potential claim with a valid rationale is only covered through the indemnity clause because he is the one who is go- going to make good the losses so it's it's which side of the table you are on and that's how you look at the indemnity clause well i understand that as a counsel our first obligation is to protect our client's interest the point that each one of us needs to understand 
is that execution of a commercial contract is the beginning of a relationship and therefore clauses need to be looked at from the angles of protecting one's interest as well as from the point of view of not creating hindrance and doubts in each other's mind with that note i'll close this episode in next episode we'll look at another commercial clause in a commercial contract which may have certain importance for you as an in-house counsel thank you so much Thank you.